welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on our front porch <laughs> by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow Thompson. Yeah, so listeners may know we use this front porch metaphor in all of our podcasts. We, um, it's not always a metaphor. It's not always a metaphor. Sometimes it is the front porch. But today we're coming from a newly designed studio in our new office. It's actually just the weird storage room in the back. Um, Also, my son Prescott was just ripping into me the other day because he was like, you guys are liars. (laughs) You you always say it's the front porch, but it hardly ever is. (laughs) He's right. You're right, Prescott. (laughs) Sorry. As adults, we justify that by calling it metaphor. (laughs) That's right. It's not a lie. It's a metaphor. <laughs> right. But um, And today we're joined by Lydia Chapel Deckert. Lydia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So Lydia is here because she is working with the neighboring movement this year as our VISTA, which if you're not familiar, this is an AmeriCorps program that VISTA stands for Volunteers in Service to America. It's a year-long um, uh, internship. And Lydia started in June with us. And so she'll be here for a year and she gets to help with basically kind of each of the projects that we do here at the Neighboring Movement. And we're really glad to introduce you, Lydia, to our listeners and share a little bit about your experience with neighboring. So um, why don't you start by just giving us like generic Lydia introduction? Who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> That's terrible. Generic? That's well, like so, a generic like, introduction, not that Lydia is generic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just a I generic just introduction yeah. of Lydia, like who you are, where are you from, okay. that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I'm Lydia, as you said. <laughs> um, I mostly grew up in Newton, Kansas. Um, my family lived in Bogota, Colombia for a few years. Um, doing some international service. Um, and then I went to school out in Virginia, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Was kind of on the East Coast for about five years and then recently moved back to right. Newton, Kansas. Yes. And Newton's like 30 minutes north of yeah. Wichita. Mm-hmm. So um, real, it's kind of like an extended suburb of Wichita. Yeah, it Some very much think. feels like an extended suburb of Wichita. Yeah. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to do something, you go to Wichita. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of like where. Awesome. Location wise I've been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. So with, with that background in mind, mm-hmm. um, tell us like, tell us some of your experiences of interacting with neighbors. Uh, the good, the bad, whatever, <laughs> leave names out if you need to. Yeah. But like, like when you think of neighboring and neighbors that you've interacted with throughout your life, like what comes to your mind? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I grew up with like in a very tight knit, predominantly Mennonite community and neighborhood because I live right off of Bethel College campus. Mm. Which and, is a Mennonite school in Newton, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And my parents actually my dad was a resident director there so some of for like five years my neighbors were college students as like a five to eight year old so i think early memories Mm. of neighbors are just like these really cool kids in their 20s that would give me candy and like i would constantly bug and like yeah you know get them to try to play with me and my brother right um so that's like when i think of neighbors as a kid it's like really exciting because we 
grew up in a dorm for a bit. Uh, um, yes. And then in the house that we're living in now, which we moved to after we left the dorms, we have some really great neighbors. A lot of them have been there since before I can remember. Um, we're pretty tight, especially my brother with a family down the street. Um, who's Mexican-American, and when I think of them and our relationship, I think of food and exchange of food, mm. um, and which is just really amazing. And one memory that comes to mind is my mom um, went back to get her PhD when I was in high school, which meant she was gone for a large chunk of the week. Um, and sometimes Veronica, our neighbor, would just, like, show up with food because my dad would be doing, like, um, soccer coaching with my brother I was home alone with my sister mm-hmm. and we would find food or eat leftovers but it was just amazing when she would just randomly show up with this large container of amazing Mexican food yeah and we kind of had this back and forth where like they would give us a container and then we'd fill it with something else and nice. then return it and then Ooh. like they would bring something back and so that's a good memory of neighbors too yeah. um, but because it's a small town I feel like I just was able to be outside and happen upon a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I was able to be unsupervised because Mm -hmm. we were just super close with our neighbors and had a really trusting relationship with everyone that we lived around, which was really cool. Yeah. It feels like I have very privileged memories of neighbors growing up. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I mean, the Newton is kind of known for its Mennonite culture yeah. and especially like the area of Newton that you grew up right. in. And so did the, did the Mennonite values, like did you, was that part of your family's understanding of community? Yes. I think that was like very influential. Like I spent a lot of time in these like childcare co-ops and exchange like so like a couple would take like five families kids and watch them while all the other couples got to go out on a date night Mm. um so that was a fairly fairly regularly like regular occurrence Mm -hmm. and i mean the mennonite tradition has such a huge emphasis on community and care for others and so that was just like something my parents always did it was really normal to have random people in and out of our house. And Hmm. the expectation was you can come in and eat whatever you want from our fridge and stay however long you want. And that's fine. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. We've had like just in the work of the neighboring movement, a couple of times to interact with Mennonite churches or Mennonite communities. And there is definitely so much like alignment with Mm -hmm. the way we want to neighbor and the way that that faith tradition you know thinks about community as well so i was curious if that was true for you yeah mm-hmm. for sure no. yeah. yeah that rings true and how do you think those experiences have shaped you as a person and then as as an adult related yeah. to neighbors and what's been that like what's that been like <laughs> it's interesting because i feel like because i had a very privileged life in that way figuring out how to find my own community as an adult is really important to me Mm. but in a lot of ways because I don't really go to church or belong to a specific church community I mean I'm in touch with my home church Mm -hmm. but like to know where to start is kind of overwhelming sometimes yeah Um, and without that faith context it's very it feels like new territory sometimes you know which it doesn't have to be like you can still have the same attitude and same like um i don't know set of values or like 
right want to make connections it's just like instead of having this baseline of oh yeah i know what church you go to growing up in a small town you know like where everyone goes <laughs> to like oh i know literally nothing about you let's start from the beginning so mm. i think in that way it can be kind of overwhelming but um i think what i've taken from it is that it's like very important and like not just i mean for it's not necessarily about even helping other people it's more about like living a whole life includes other people i guess includes mm-hmm. the community that you're living with mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that's that's a great phrase living mm-hmm. a whole life mm-hmm. includes mm-hmm. other people it, yeah yeah it's i mean it's just interesting to me that that's like that is a really countercultural statement mm-hmm. i think like in the u.s mm-hmm. where we our program towards individualism mm-hmm. kind of the i i think the the false belief i would describe it as being like a whole life is being able to do everything on my own yeah yeah no actually wholeness in life includes right. relationships with yeah, our neighbors for sure so, yeah. and yeah i think when we moved to south america my parents i saw my parents really feel that lack of connection and community and support mm. and so I don't know. I also just like thinking about that experience and the feeling of, of isolation and helplessness and almost having to rely on strangers that were our neighbors or random people that would come into our life. Like Mm. that gave me a context away from like the Mennonite bubble that was helpful to lean on Mm. and is helpful to lean on now of like just having empathy for people who might be in a similar situation. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really, the, the whole like, um, you know, growing up in a faith-based community where the, that part was kind of baked into it and now not necessarily being a part of faith-based community, but still valuing community Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to do it is a really interesting place that a lot of folks are, are entering into. And, you know, the neighboring movement, we do both faith-based and non-faith-based work. And we, it, there is something about the institution of church that helps create that. And now we got all these post institutional Christians out there yeah. going, how do I still hold that value, but not have to do all the other stuff? Mm-hmm. My, it reminds me of my sister too, who's in a similar place in life and is like, I really want community, but I do not want to go to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do I, how do I get that yeah. to happen? And mm-hmm. all of her friends are going to church not because they really want to go to church because they want community. Mm-hmm. And like, so how I, I'm really curious, like if in your kind of adulthood, you're now post college, maybe even at college, like what ways have you tried to build that community kind of in that without having to go make church do it for you? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I think I'm not doing an awesome job with it right now. I mean, it's hard because I like, I graduated into the pandemic. And so that's so hard. Yeah. yeah. In that way it was like, well, I guess I have my dog. Um, (laughs) But like, and so a lot of my like searches for community have actually been going back to college friends. So Uh. we have like a book group of people and we read books and zoom, but I'm still kind of in the stage of life where like, one of my best friends just got an apartment in Buffalo, New York. Right. And so like there's people, a lot of them are on the East coast. Um, some spread out over like throughout the Midwest. Um, so I think I'm actually still kind of stuck in a pretty big transition. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. um, it almost feels a little bit delayed because Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. just like needing to be in isolation for like 
yeah. public safety. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I feel uh, like it's been really great to um, enter different workplaces and find community. Like I feel like here I have a, a new set of like people yeah, to talk mm-hmm. to and that's been mm-hmm. really great. And mm-hmm. I worked at a bakery for a while in Newton and made some really cool connections there. And um, yeah, slowly but surely as we like start to come out of our houses, um, just yeah. being able to plug into different areas will be cool. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm definitely still exploring that. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy people who were in the midst of life transition while also navigating the pandemic. Yeah. That seems really hard. Yeah. I, I would not recommend it. <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> would not do again. <laughs> Um, so some of the things that you've been doing with us this summer is like you've been knocking on a bunch of doors in our mm-hmm. neighborhood and you know you didn't really have any fam- familiarity with our neighborhood before this summer so I'm kind of curious what that's been like for you you can be honest here too yeah. if you're like yeah I hate it here these people suck <laughs> um, but I'm curious like what like it was like what's it been like to force yourself to go knock on doors like you know, you've been, Lydia speaks Spanish, so she's been helping us make connections with our Spanish-speaking neighbors, too. Like, just any reflections or mm-hmm. thoughts on that process? Yeah, I've, I've really loved it. Um, it's given me a lot of energy in the moment and then leaves me, like, completely empty at the end of days just because I'm like I'm a pretty internal person and so like having to be on and like even just like paying attention in conversations is exhausting sometimes mm-hmm. um so the act of doing that all day in the heat while also trying to like make small talk with high schoolers and get to know them mm-hmm. is really exhausting for me but it's also really fun and mm-hmm. exciting and like important work I think Um, I've loved connecting to families and households that speak Spanish. Um, I just think it's really important and Mm. cool to be able to like meet people where they're at in terms of like language and, Mm -hmm. um, even just like where they're at in life and to hear a bit more about their story. Mm. Um, it's interesting. I think that like I experienced this too while living abroad, but, um, when you meet someone that speaks your native language and you're suddenly given permission to like speak in that comfort zone you Mm. just share so much more and so some of the more like amazing conversations or like life-filled conversations that i've had have been with like native spanish speakers yeah um which has been really cool Mm. um and also i really enjoy seeing the high schoolers that we're working with kind of light up in the job and just kind of like watching them and seeing which parts um, motivate them and for the two of them that live in this neighborhood, Mm -hmm. um, seeing them kind of like get excited about investing in their home. It's just Mm -hmm. really cool. And knowing that the Vista position is a one-year position and mm-hmm. I mean it's only July mm-hmm. you have nine more t- ten more months yeah basically. So, some, yeah, okay, okay. Like that. <laughs> yeah I'm not 
since COVID, I gave up keeping yeah, track yeah, of time and space. So, uh, but um, yeah. So, what are you? What What are your hopes for the next ten years? Ten months? I was going to say. Uh, shit, <laughs> yeah, let's just get it all out there. Let's go ahead. My hands just got real sweaty. <laughs> Um, <laughs> 10 months. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, even that's kind of a big question because I feel like I'll be working with like a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I've loved the eight front doors project and cool. That's been just super exciting to me. And I can't believe it's only been two months cause I feel like we've done so much and I've met like yeah. actually hundreds of people. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I'm <Yeah>. not exaggerating. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I really am passionate about storytelling and helping people tell stories and share mm-hmm. stories. Um, you, especially like the mm-hmm. mundane details that no one thinks are important, I think are actually probably the most important mm-hmm. things to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm hopeful that we can find some way to share some of the stories that we've been listening to, um, mm-hmm. in a good way. I don't know what that'll look like. I've thought about writing like something for our blog. We've thought about, we've talked about like doing a, kind of spin off of humans of new york-esque instagram account which i think is kind of cool um i know there's another community in kansas who's doing that that we talk i don't actually know if she's from kansas but there was another person in our office that i was talking to (laughs) who does a similar thing um like i said hundreds of people (laughs) um so yeah, I think I'm hopeful for the storytelling piece. I'm hopeful to, I'm like excited to just hear more about what everyone else is doing. Cause it also seems like I'm entering into the neighboring movement when there's like kind of some explosive growth happening, which yeah. is, I can see how it can be really overwhelming, but it's also really exciting for yeah. me. Who's kind of like a step, almost a step removed mm-hmm. in the chaos. Like I'm not directly in charge of any logistics. So <laughs> I'm just like happy to yeah. help with whatever. <laughs> That's the things about explosions is that they can be beautiful and they uh-huh. can also like murder you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> we're somewhere in that yeah. spectrum. Yeah. But that, the energy has been really cool. So yeah. I'm just excited to see what like naturally comes up. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, especially around the story piece, like we may have Lydia back on, the podcast to Mm -hmm. share kind of how that's going but check our social media for those which before this summer was just facebook because we're old people yeah yeah Yeah. she's a great yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but soon we've we've already got tiktok do we have an instagram already now yeah, I actually think Maddie's been posting okay. some G&E stuff. So we've got an Instagram now. I don't even yeah. know. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, right. That's and I don't even know what other social media things are out yeah. there, but well, we may have one. We still have the fax line. So <laughs> if for those from the 90s who want to just like catch up by fax, uh, you can fax us. So. My, they, pa- my pager number is 555. <laughs> 1-800-FAX-MAD. <laughs> Uh, you've only been here for a little bit so far, but like, what would be like your best advice for someone who wants to start neighboring in their community? Um, I would say my main advice for most things, most things in life is to stay curious. Mm -hmm. Um, when you interact with anyone or anything, like if you can go in with a question instead of a judgment or an assumption, then Mm you're probably set up to have an awesome conversation with an unlikely person or friend. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect advice. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's great. great. I wish, I wish we had done this interview 
earlier in the day <laughs> because I rode my bike to work this morning. Mm-hmm. And as I biked past one of uh, one block over from my house, I think one of my neighbors had a dunk tank. <laughs> no, uh. and it was like it's empty, but it's like in the back of a truck. It's in a trailer. Like he's uh-huh. yeah. was taking it somewhere, and like I. Just haven't had enough coffee or sleep, you know, so I kind of rode past. And as I was riding past, I was like, do you have a dunk tape? Like, yeah. you know, like the curiosity. Yeah. And I was like, you know, yeah. there's not there wouldn't have been anything wrong with stopping and being like, is that a dunk tape? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. It, it, he was he happened to be walking by and I could have mm-hmm. asked him, but I just wasn't quick enough yeah so but yeah. curiosity opens curiosity. all kinds of great doors yeah, yeah. So. and also if you're carrying a dunk take around like you just you have to be open to yeah. questions yeah yep. that's right yeah yep. <laughs> that's how i feel about a lot of things i see around here like, <laughs> you obviously have no boundaries so i'm just gonna ask yeah, right uh, it's true you, you must be cool with this yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah awesome <laughs> that's yeah. good cool well, uh, Lydia, thanks for your time yeah. and joining us on the, um, I, I mean, I'm just going to, for Prescott, I'm just going to start calling this the fake front porch. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel we like maybe. Let, name this room. The front porch. Uh, the, front yeah, porch. the front porch. And then he'll be, and then I'll just be like, well, the room's called the front porch. Oh my gosh. He's going to judge you so hard for that. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> so, but, okay. Anyway, so thanks for coming yeah, on, yeah. Uh, being a part of this conversation yeah. and being part of our work in the neighboring movement. It's mm-hmm. exciting. And yes. I, yeah. I can't wait to hear. Uh, what comes next and the the things that that come out of this work so um, yeah also uh, thank you listener for joining us for being part of this conversation and uh, and for whatever you're doing in your community to help bridge uh, to the folks that live around you and build those relationships we appreciate you and um, as Adam mentioned we are very present in lots of ways now on the internet and beyond or whatever (laughs) I don't know how it works but I hope that you'll find us there (laughs) Uh, And then finally, I want to give a couple shout outs. One to Jenna uh, for her editing work and posting each episode. Thanks, Jenna, for all the cleaning and and organizing that you do with with the uh, material. And thanks to Christopher Swanson, who keeps us organized and scheduled and literally pesters Adam and I up and down the office (laughs) to make sure that we get things on our calendar, which is necessary. So thank you, Christopher. Uh, Yeah. So until next time. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.